What is going on, New York Giants fans? Brian Dable is the new head coach of the New York Giants. If you haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops to your jobs. Appreciate y'all coming back. As I just mentioned a couple of seconds ago, the New York Giants have hired former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable as the next head coach of the New York football Giants. And there's a lot of rumors going around about possible coaching candidates that might be coming here because of Dable. And one of those happens to be Ken Dorsey, the quarterback's coach for the Buffalo Bills, which is someone I have always wanted as an offensive coordinator. Even when Jason Garrett was still with the team and I wanted Jason Garrett fired, I said, listen, maybe if Judge stays another year, we got to get Ken Dorsey in here as the offensive coordinator. For many of you that don't know, just as a story two years ago, Joe Judge originally wanted Brian Dable as the offensive coordinator. The Bills blocked it, and the Giants came back and said, listen, Buffalo, we're not taking him as the offensive coordinator. We're going to take him as the head coach, and we're not going to say, oh, we're just taking your head coach. We're going to tell you to fuck off, and we're going to take your quarterback coach too. Now, it is not totally official yet because it is about money, as most things are in life. It is about money right now. He is negotiating between New York and between Buffalo. They really want to retain him, but Brian Dable really wants him to come over. And one thing we'll talk about in this episode is Brian Dable reportedly loved Daniel Jones and wants to work with him and really make him a better football player. And apparently Ken Dorsey is alike with Brian Dable in believing in Daniel Jones. And another thing we could talk about, obviously Patrick Graham interviewed for the head coaching gig and he recently interviewed with the Vikings for the head coaching gig there. And he interviewed with the Steelers, the defensive coordinator, but there are two coaches I want. One is going to be a vacant position already. And another one's going to be if Patrick Graham doesn't come back. With that being said, I know I might be rambling all over the place. It says, obviously, on the little thing on the right side of your screen, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, Podbean, I'll read it off but we might be going back and forth because i'm just so excited i'm just so excited overall so i put brian dable hired ken dorsey joining big blue question mark defensive coordinator question mark look at the current coaching staff and background and process so i may i may be going in seven different directions but i will say this i will say this i'm gonna fill up my water and take a sip but there are people out there that perhaps wanted brian flores that perhaps wanted Leslie Frazier, that perhaps wanted Patrick Graham, other candidates out there that the Giants didn't even interview. With that being said, do not, do not, do not, do not come out here and say that the Giants are a racist organization. Do not say that because you know what? People are going to come after you and you're just going to be an attention seeker, because the Giants are not a racist organization. Let's get that fucking right. And listen, 
unless you're a negative fan, this is my opinion. Unless you're a nake, nake. I was trying to combine two words at once. This is how happy and just how enforcing I am. If you wanted Flores, if you wanted whoever, and you're mad at the Dable hiring, you're a fake fan, you're a negative fan, because you really cannot be mad at this hire. Even if you wanted Flores badly, if you wanted Frazier badly, a lot of Giant fans wanted Brian Flores. I know a couple off the top of my head. Uh, Shouts to Ash, who is the host of the Get Back with Ash on YouTube. He used to be Ash Money Records, and now he's doing a little sports thing. He wanted Brian Flores, and one of his tweets on Twitter when the New York Giants officially hired Dable was, let's get it, Daniel Jones, something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but respectfully, I will say this. I will say this. Obviously, I have my doubts on Daniel Jones. With that being said, I think a lot of the people, just my opinion, that wanted Brian Flores was because he would fight the Giants organization and say, we need to draft a quarterback like Malik Willis or whatever. I think those are the people that are mad. Because in my opinion, overall, and I could be wrong, they will likely give Daniel Jones another shot, another year. If he progresses, great. If he doesn't, well, we're going to select somebody in the 2023 draft. But this is a really exciting hire for the Giants. Joe Shane gets his guy. And this is just a dawn of a new day in the New York Giants organization. So let's talk about it. Brian Dable, his background. So he was the offensive coordinator for the Browns between 2009 and 2010. His offense didn't really succeed there. I'm not going to go into specifics like I did in the profile video. But the one thing that did work for him was the running game. He didn't have an 1,000-yard rusher in 2009, but Jerome Harrison got five rushing touchdowns on the ground. was about 138 away from 1,000. But either way, they had the eighth-best rushing offense. The next year, Peyton Hillis had over 1,000. But the offense, in terms of the running game, ranked 20th. Then he moved on to Miami, where the passing offense wasn't great, with Chad Henney and Matt Moore. But... Brandon Marshall over a thousand yards and Reggie Bush over a thousand yards on the ground. And that rushing offense ranked 11th goes to the Kansas city chiefs two and 14 season under Romeo Cornell fifth in rushing offense over a thousand yards for Jamal Charles Payne Hillis was also there, Sean drain. And that's pretty much that Alabama wasn't the greatest offense in the world, but couple of guys that came out of there that are currently in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Irv Smith, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, was Henry Ruggs, Bradley Bozeman, Alex Leatherwood, J.C. Hassenauer, Jonah Williams, Ross Piercebacher. 2018 with the Buffalo Bills, developing a young Josh Allen. The first two years, they were really run heavy. Ninth in 2018. Their lead rusher was Josh Allen, but they were doing it by committee. LaShawn McCoy, Chris Ivory, Marcus Murphy. And then in 2019, Allen simmered down with the turnovers. They still were very run heavy. That offense, in terms of the ground game, ranked eighth in the NFL. 
Devin Singletary being an addition, Frank Gore, Josh Allen being a part of the running game. And then you look at 2020, the running game dipped a little bit, but the passing offense up to third. A lot of people, including myself, say, hey, Josh Allen's development, plus Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, whoever you want to consider there. And let me say this. Let me say this. I'm going to take a sip and then I'm going to say something. It's very unlikely, in my opinion, that this will happen because he will now be through his third head coach. Really fourth, but third with the New York Giants. If you can get Caden Smith to half of what Dawson Knox is as a blocker and a receiver, that's a true tight end. Because guess what? No more this Evan Ingram. He's a free agent, by the way. No more this Evan Ingram. Oh, he drops the ball. He doesn't stay on the field. He doesn't block. Goodbye with all that crap. He's a free agent. Let him go to another team. Let him go to a contender. Cut Kyle Rudolph. His washed, sorry ass. Get him off the team. Sorry, he doesn't play well. And you could still go out there in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, get another tight end. But let me say this. And he probably won't get another opportunity like I described with another team. He'll probably be a second, third tight end at best. But if Dawson Knox's abilities can be split in half and put in to Caden Smith, for lack of better words, Daniel Jones has a quality tight end compared to the last couple of seasons. Because if he can focus on Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, who should be healthy, possibly, I don't know, Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield, draft another wide receiver. That has to be addressed at some point in the draft, in my opinion, because Darius Slayton's not going to cut it. Maybe he fixes dropsies uh, with the New York Giants this year, and maybe they bring in a wide receiver coach that's actually reliable. Um, with that being said, you replace Sterling Shepard, you draft another wide receiver, Alec Pierce, out of Cincinnati or whoever, he could be one of the targets. And then, with that being said, you don't have to rely on Caden Smith as much, but when he's there, he gets the big targets, like he was one of the trusted guys on the offense in 2019 when Daniel Jones was a rookie. I think they had one or two total touchdowns, maybe even three, and he was just a go-to guy other than Darius Slayton. But back on the note of Brian Dable in the offense, Josh Allen, I believe, was a pro bowler in 2020. If he wasn't, then that's a damn shame. With that being said, the offense just flat out balanced out in 2021. They were top 10 in all categories, the main four. Total yards, passing offense, rushing offense, and points per game. And we all know that the last two years under Brian Dable... The Buffalo Bills are not known as a running football team like they were the first two years under Brian Dable. With that being said, if you can balance that out, like he did in 2021, there's going to be a dawn of a new day in the backfield. Devin Singletary, he was about 130 yards away from 1,000. Josh Allen, Zach Moss a little bit, Matt Breida, Obviously, Stefan Diggs with Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders as supporting cast, Dawson Knox, and Gabriel Davis as well. So, there's a lot to look forward to. Now, obviously, there's the question, can Brian Dable lead a football team? 
That remains to be seen. But now that we have a proper GM, at least for the moment, we could get the talent in here. And Brian Dable is not going to crash like Ben McAdoo. Brian Dable won't crash like Pat Shermer did. He will be, hopefully, this is all opinionated. This is not predictions, but this is a scenario. If he gets what he wants in terms of roster construction, works with Joe Shane, he's going to be looked at. I'm not saying as great, but in the likes of Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, and some of the other guys you know that are offensive-minded coaches across the NFL. Because guess what? Before the Dable hiring and months before, I was scared to hire an offensive-minded head coach because of what we have been through. But I figured it out a little bit. I can't be scared. I can't say, oh, well, you know, the Bears, they had Nagy and the Jets. You know, they had Adam Gase and this team had that coach, whatever, that didn't work out. He was offensive-minded. No, no, you have to believe as of right now in the dawn of a new day. Joe Shane, my opinion, very biased if you want to call it, best general manager candidate out there, most qualified, most qualified. And Brian Dable, saying it right now, he, my opinion, was the most qualified head coaching candidate other than Brian Flores. But the problem with Flores was apparently, now this came out, I would say on Friday, maybe Thursday, but somebody tweeted it out or it was a post on Facebook. Obviously, it can be determined in other fashions or it may not even be true, but apparently he was trying to fuck up Tua and not the situation where he pulled him from games and stuff like that, but apparently he repeatedly had him tested for performance enhancing drugs and stuff like that. So that's really fucked up if that's what he tried doing. I think there was a post about it. A couple people saw it, including myself, or else I wouldn't have mentioned it. But my worry with Brian Flores was four coordinators in three years and no successful offense. No progress, really, on the offensive side of the ball other than Jalen Waddell having a 1,000-yard season. Devontae Parker had one in 2019, but just no real progress. And this is an offensive league. In my opinion, if you have a defensive head coach or if you have a, I would say, philosophy that really relies on the running game of the defense like Miami, your ceiling is 9 to 10 wins every season. You're not really comparing yourselves to the top of the league of the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Rams. You're not comparing yourself to those teams. The 49ers, in my opinion, should not even be in the position they are, but the defense has done some good things. Same thing with the running game. They've gotten past the Cowboys and Green Bay, two teams that were better than the 49ers this past season, and just look where they are now. They beat those two teams. They're now in the NFC Championship going to face the Los Angeles Rams. With that being said, that's why I kind of didn't want Adam Peters because I thought, in a way, and he was my second favorite head coaching, actually not head coaching candidate, general manager candidate. But with that being said, they were very run heavy and they were very defensive heavy. 
in terms of dependency, and they really didn't have a quarterback. I feel like that would have changed had they had a good quarterback. But with that being said, he had his hand in drafting Paxton Lynch. Just overall, but we don't have Adam Peters. We have Joe Shane. We don't have Brian Flores. We have a guy by the name of Brian Dable. One of the Bryans. And I don't mention him a lot on this podcast. Screw you, Pat Leonard. You tried going out there and pulling the smokescreen bullcrap. Oh, Brian Dable is getting closer and closer to Miami. Whatever he said. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and doubt that Brian Dable had some interest in Miami, that Miami had some interest in him. Obviously, now they're going to have to go in a different direction. Maybe Mike McDaniel or Kellen Moore or Kevin O'Connell, someone offensive-minded for Tua. But with that being said, he was making it seem like, oh, well, Brian Dable's just going to go to Miami and the Giants are going to be stuck with Dan Quinn or Brian Flores. And funny thing is, he said that about Matt Patricia in the regards of Flores and Quinn. He said that the Giants were going to hire Matt Patricia in 2018. Well, that didn't happen. The Giants hired Pat Shermer. So that's what happens when you don't have reliable sources or whatever the case may be. But it is what it is. It is what it is, you know. But the Giants have hired Brian Dable. Now, obviously one of the biggest components and just biggest, I would say, decisions you have to make as a new head coach is you have to go out and see who you're going to keep. You're going to also have to see who is just going to go. Bye-bye. And in my opinion, that's going to be a lot of the offensive coaching staff. I barely think anybody should be kept. Let's take a look at the offensive coaching staff right now. Obviously, it may list on the certain site that some of these are vacant. Okay, so obviously Brian Dable's head coach, and they still have the other guys. So let's go out there and talk about some names that I would, would not keep if I was Brian Dable. So, Patrick Graham, assistant head coach as of right now, and defensive coordinator. He may be kept, he may not be kept, because those two were together in New England. And with that being said, they may strike a deal. They may not strike a deal. Patrick Graham may go to Minnesota and vie for the head coaching job in person. He may go to Pittsburgh and coach better talent. And to be honest with you, I don't believe that all the way. We'll see what happens. Because Keith Butler, I thought... When he was defensive coordinator this last year, just got the most out of the defense, and the defense was not great in terms of player execution. But nonetheless, Patrick Graham, I would be okay with bringing him back. I would be okay if he gets the real talent in here that fits his scheme and the versatile players that Joe Shane kept talking about in his past interviews of, oh, well, if a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator leaves and we have to change schemes again, we need those versatile players. If you get them for Patrick Graham, and if you keep uh, keep some of these guys that he had last year and the year before, well, it's going to be a successful defense, and you won't need to rely on it as much because you have Brian Dable, possibly Ken Dorsey, and some of these other guys coming in where they fix the offense, they fix the offensive issues. So that's the identity of the New York Giants team rather than defense, defense, defense. I'm sorry, this is not 1987 anymore. It's not. But if Patrick Graham does leave, I have two candidates in mind, and you probably can guess who. Wink Martindale from the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think he's burnt 
I recognize that they weren't a good defense this year. A lot of injuries to that side of the football, a lot of just depth players. But I think in the last three seasons combined, his defense has been one of the best in the NFL. So with that being said, and the Giants ran a 3-4 system the past two years, really the past four. So you won't have to make many changes in terms of that side of the football, maybe get an edge rusher and do a couple other things. But get Wink Martindale in here if Patrick Graham cannot stay. If it's a negotiation thing, if he goes somewhere else. Another guy, if Martindale is hired by somebody else, and I don't think Martindale has hired or has not, I don't think he's interviewed for any other outlet yet. I don't think he's interviewed for other franchises yet. But perhaps he goes somewhere else. Get Vic Fangio. I know that Jacksonville's closing in on Byron Leftwich. And I don't know if that's totally true. But they're trying to close in on him. They're hiring some other guys, or at least not really hiring some other guys, but they're interviewing some other guys to really finalize those candidates. But with that being said, get Vic Fangio in here. After he left for Denver, I feel like that defense in Chicago was never the same. Plus the fact that Matt Nagy was a horrible head coach. His offense wasn't good, and he had to depend on the defense. But... Chicago was really supposed to go further in 2018. Unfortunately, a Cody Parkey blocked kick really did it for them. But Vic Fangio, I would definitely, definitely bring in here. I honestly thought that he may would have possibly went to uh, Baltimore, but they hired the defensive coordinator from Michigan, which I guess it's in the hardball blood. I don't know, but... Fangio and uh, Martin, uh, not Fangio. Yeah, Fangio and John Harbaugh were together for Harbaugh's first season in Baltimore in 2008 when I believe Fangio was a defensive assistant. So I'm surprised that they didn't go that route, but I just believe there were better options, in my opinion. However, I'm going to switch gears now. We're going to go to the offensive side. Here's the guys that I want to scrap. Scrap Freddie Kitchens. Scrap Jerry Shaplitsky. Scrap Burton Burns. Scrap Tyke Tolbert. Scrap Derek Dooley. Ben Wilkerson? Maybe. Maybe keep him. If you can find somebody else, go ahead and do it. But I feel like Ben Wilkerson is an okay offensive line coach. He's his assistant, though. Scrap Jody Wright. Scrap Nick Williams. Scrap Russ Calloway. Scrap all those guys. They're all Joe Judge guys. They're all Jason Garrett guys, or at least some of them. I know Dooley, I think, was a Garrett guy, possibly. Yeah, he was the wide receivers coach in Garrett's Dallas Cowboys offense, which was 2013-2017. So he was there. Get rid of him. Bye-bye. Tyke Tolbert, wide receivers, though the talent was there, and the offensive play calling was shit at times. The wide receivers really couldn't do anything. A lot of drops, a lot of unnecessarily mis- un- unnecessary mistakes. Tyke Tolbert, sorry, your tenure's done. Burton Burns, I feel like he's too old to be a running backs coach. I know you really shouldn't base it off that. He's 69 years old, almost 70. So try to get another running backs coach in here. Try to get somebody who will be 
I helped to Saquon Barkley. I helped to Devontae Booker. Try to get somebody in here who will help the running backs overall be more efficient. With a better offensive line, of course. Freddie Kitchens, he was not good as an offensive coordinator. Even in the one game, in my opinion. I know execution is also another thing. But he was just not good as an offensive coordinator. Jerry Shaplinski, get him out of here. New England guy, Miami guy. With that being said, let him get another job. Just wasn't good enough, in my opinion. Jody Wright, already mentioned. Nick Williams, Russ Callaway. Talk about the defensive side of the ball now. There are some guys, in my opinion, that I would keep. I would try to keep Thomas McGahee on special teams, to be honest, because I feel like it wasn't totally his fault. I feel like Joe Judge had a hand in special teams. I feel like something happened where the defense, uh, not the defense, but the coverage units weren't as good, and Riley Dixon wasn't as good during Joe Judge's tenure as head coach. And apparently, I think Lawrence Tyne said this, or someone else said this, that Joe Judge, one of his problems was that he could not keep his hands off everything. He had to be in everything, and that he would not let the coaches coach, which makes sense for special teams. The special teams unit wasn't good. With that being said, I would... Get Tom Quinn out of here. He was a guy that was pretty much a life for the past 10 to 12 years. I know he was with the Giants Super Bowl teams, if I'm not mistaken. He's been with the Giants since 2006, was a special teams coordinator for 10 years, was fired and then rehired under Pat Shermer as an assistant. And then they kept him with Joe Judge. With that being said, get Tom Quinn out of here. Get somebody else. We don't need lifers anymore. In terms of defense, obviously in terms of coaching assistance, there are a couple. I don't even know what the chief of staff does. Probably does what he does for the president, I guess, you know, in that type of role. Pat Flaherty, would I keep him as a consultant? I think I would, but if you have other options, go. Amos Jones, he was a Joe Judge guy, so I don't think he would fit with Brian Dable and his coaching staff. He was mainly a special teams guy, so... Not going to really opt to keep him. Now let's take a look and stop avoiding the defensive coaching staff. Obviously, I mentioned uh, Patrick Graham already. Defensive line, obviously, Sean Spencer left for Florida. Linebackers, Kevin Scherer. He's tough to make because the linebackers did really good in the first year. But the second year, they really didn't have the same production. And it had to do with lack of talent. So, do what you want. Assistant linebackers, Anthony Blevins. Apparently, he was gaining some traction and is really liked across the NFL. So, do what you got to do there. I mean, if you find somebody better, you find somebody better. If you can upgrade the talent and make him a better assistant, go ahead. This guy, I would love to keep. I would love to keep Jerome Henderson. Last two seasons, with not that much talent on the defensive side of the ball in terms of the defensive backs. And safeties, I'm going to get to in a second, but I mentioned in my latest profile video with Patrick Graham that my favorite position overall on the team in 2021 was the cornerbacks. James Bradbury was not the most efficient cornerback. was pretty average, below average at times. Adoree Jackson played like Adoree Jackson, and that's a good thing. He was very physical, had one interception, gave up two touchdowns at most, was really the number one cornerback. And then when Adoree went out a couple of games with the COVID and the injury, Aaron Robinson comes in. Now, he did struggle at the back end of the season, 
But Aaron Robinson, he was physical, he was tough, good run defender, coached by Jerome Henderson. Uh, not Stephen Parker. We'll get to him in a little bit, though. Donnie Holmes, I feel like he was a little bit improved. He had some bad games, but I'm I'm willing to give Donnie Holmes another shot. And the way he gets another shot, in my opinion, is if you trade or if you release James Bradbury. You move Aaron Robinson to the outside, and you move Donnie Holmes in the slot. I think it works that way. With that being said, Jaron Williams. I mentioned his stats in that Patrick Graham video that he allowed eight completions on 21 targets. And this is a guy who didn't earn much playing time in 2020, undrafted free agent out of Albany. Obviously, the zone defense really must have helped him. But with that being said, you can't be mad. You cannot be mad at what Jaron Williams showed you in 2021 for a guy that was an undrafted free agent, really didn't get a lot of playing time. You move to the safeties room. Obviously, Logan Ryan was washed. He is washed. Jabril Peppers, in his first season... I liked him a lot better than his second season with uh, Jerome Henderson. Xavier McKinney, that's a big one. Defensive back, safety. Should have been a pro bowler, in my opinion, but obviously he did have a little consistency in the beginning. Another guy, J.R. Reed. I mean, he was a decent role player. Julian Love, he was a decent role player. And another guy, Stephen Parker. He was a part of Patrick Graham's defense in Miami for a year, was a role player, and was a role player with the Giants. And one play I just remember him making, and he was a solid role player again. And this is really stuff you don't expect out of guys like Stephen Parker, like this guy, like that guy. You don't expect them to be good. You don't expect them to be decent. You expect them to be bad. But Stephen Parker was really physical on that one play where he was defending Dallas Goddard in that Eagle game, the first one specifically. So, shout-outs to him. I really want to do everything in the power of the New York Giants. I hope they do everything in their power to keep Jerome Henderson because he was a really good coach. He coached up those DBs. Keep him. Please keep him. He is one of the only coaches that I will say you need to keep him. Probably the only coach because, to be honest with you, if Ben Wilkerson goes, he goes. If Blevins goes, he goes. If Scherer goes, he goes. Just bring in better coaches. But Jerome Henderson, please Please keep Jerome Henderson. Please. That's pretty much the coaching aspect. So let's see what we else got on the agenda. I'm going to take a sip real quickly. Let's talk. And we'll finish the show with this because I really don't have much to say. Let's talk about the outlook and first views on what this offense could be. His first couple of years... In the NFL as a coordinator, he was very good with the running game. And he I I particularly think he still is good with the running game. Whether you have Josh Allen or Devin Singletary. If you get this offensive line fixed or halfway there, at least average, and I know settling for average is a sin because we've been settling for average and that has just dropped on us. But with that being said. Saquon Barkley with a good offensive line and not just running up the goddamn middle and missing holes. If you run him to the outside, if you run him inside zone, stuff like that, he may be back to himself. It usually takes a running back two years to come back from an ACL. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, Saquon Barkley is going to be 2,000 yards living up to the number two overall pick. I don't think we should resign Saquon Barkley. 
With that being said, however, with that being said, he, meaning Brian Dable, did very well with running backs over the course of his career. Jerome Harrison was 100 and something yards away from 1,000. Reggie Bush, um, Jamal Charles, Peyton Hillis, the one-hit wonder. A couple other guys across the NFL he's worked with, 1,000 yards. And hopefully, Ken Dorsey and the offensive coaching staff just as a whole can teach Daniel Jones to fucking slide and do the right things in terms of taking hits. Obviously, if it's due to sacks and the offensive line's not performing, that's a separate issue. But if we want to see the true Daniel Jones that is hyped up, that is being coached up by this Brian Dable offensive staff, then he needs to stay healthy. Then he needs to take the tips from the coaching staff and say, okay, let's not lean in with the neck like you did against the Eagles. Let's not do that again. And let's just slide when you have to. If you're near the sideline, maybe just try to break for a few more yards, go out of bounds, whatever. I'm not a quarterback, never was a quarterback, never uh, never played football professionally. With that being said, teach him how to slide, teach him how to take care of himself because that is one step closer to being a better Daniel Jones. And it's not just him I'm possibly excited about. I'm not holding any expectations. To be honest with you, I'm not holding any expectations. I'm just proposing scenarios because being hyped about Joe Judge and being hyped about Pat Shermer and Eli Manning, that's taken the life out of me the last couple of years as a Giants fan. And I'm not going to sit here and hype it. I just want to see progress. If the uh, you know Giants go, let's say five and twelve, six and eleven in the first season, I want to see them progress. Uh, I want to see the progression of the team in the next season. I want to see just progress overall on both sides of the football. It's not going to be a one-year fix, and I understand that. I'm a very patient guy when it comes to a new process, a new GM, a new head coach, a new coaching staff. But with that being said, there has to be progress. And I'm very surprised, very surprised a little bit, that Brian Dable and supposedly Ken Dorsey want to take on Daniel Jones because a lot of regimes that have just overall been changing coaches and changing GMs and stuff like that, they usually don't want to take a quarterback on from the previous regime. We saw Cliff Kingsbury come in. He wanted his guy, Cliff uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury was a quarterback at one time. I believe he was a backup on the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. But that's not the point right now. I'm surprised that Brian Dable would want to take a chance on Daniel Jones. And to be honest with you, to be honest, Obviously, I mentioned Brian Dable was the best candidate out there. It seemed a little bit more enticing that the Miami job looked the way it was, and it still looks the way it is, because there's a lot of cap there. And with that being said, you have Jalen Waddle and you have Tua Tagovailoa in his third year. So that's enticing. That's really enticing to some. I honestly thought that should have been one of the more popular jobs. With that being said, just overall, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, but hopefully it works out. And you know what? If 
Joe Shane lives up to his quote. We're going to compete for today and build for tomorrow. Get those draft picks. If Daniel Jones does not work out in 2022, go the next year and draft C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whichever quarterback. Go make a move to get a quarterback somehow, some way. If your team is showing progression in a year, two years, and you feel Brian Dable's the right head coach, go trade for a veteran quarterback and make your team into an instant winner. That is really some of the keys to being a good organization, knowing where your progression's at. And I mentioned on a podcast, well, it was a live stream really with The Hub, that I'm telling my my brother to tone it down with this Robert Sala, let's go out there and spend all the money we can on free agents. I said, look, you don't even know if he's the future head coach yet. You said it yourself. You don't know if he's the future head coach. Just build through the draft. He goes like, no, you know, um, you know, we have draft picks, but we also have free agency. We could get some of the best guys out there. We could trade for DJ Moore. I'm thinking to myself, you don't even know if you have the right head coach yet. Let that money roll over another year. And if Salah just shows he's a good coach, okay, then you move into that stage. If he doesn't, get a guy in here. Don't make too many changes to the roster and go ahead and go in free agency, spend as much as you want, make your team into an instant winner with a proven head coach. Maybe they get hardball, maybe they get somebody else. And I'm not saying this to root on the Jets' failure. I give two shits what the Jets do. But I'm just saying, there needs to be overall a process. There needs to be a process. But with that being said, take a sip real quickly. I hope you guys like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Very short episode compared to my other episodes. This is about 37, 36 minutes, something like that. Um, Just wanted to get out there. Obviously, as a mini emergency pod, getting it out on a Saturday. If you guys listen to it, hope you did in the morning or like really early in the morning, like 3 a.m., because usually what I do is I release the podcast edition early and then I let it premiere on YouTube at 12.30 on a Saturday. And obviously I wasn't doing podcast episodes because of the head coaching profiles. I thought that was really the priority. With that being said, we might be back to that. I'll let you guys know. Definitely keep tabs on Twitter because we might having another scheduling snafu with Boys in the Big Apple. Um, Sean got his schedule and it's going to be a little inconsistent. So what I'm planning on doing is just go Wednesdays. Go Wednesdays from now on, not change a thing. And I apologize, but obviously our lives personally come first. But with that being said, in terms of me being a content creator, we have to keep it real. We have to keep it steady for the fans because if we have a podcast one day and then another day next week, nobody's going to know what the fuck is going on. So look for Boys in the Big Apple to be on Wednesdays from now on, no matter what. If Sean doesn't come on, and I told him this, listen, this is not a dig on him. Obviously, his work is his work, and you know he's got to make money somehow, but we'll pull Donald on if he can't come on. Uh, Donald Stewart, of course, of Pinstripe Chronicles and Nerding Out Sports with Rob. Rob's another guy we may end up pulling on if Sean cannot come on. Things are getting better. I know it seems like a little messy right now with that coaching stuff and Boys in the Gavel, but please keep tuning in. Twin Bill, obviously, on uh, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. 
on the NYY News TV channel. So peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. Go Giants. And let's get this process going.